Hello, everybody. Welcome to tonight's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. And uh, I must be perfectly honest with you, I'm not exactly sure whether we're in the boardroom, the locker room, or we're on a field today, because we are touching on a topic that I have to admit I have watched before, but I know very little about. So we're going to find out about tug of war on tonight's program. We've got Meg Brewer, Anton Porter, and Taste Lawrence. Good afternoon to all of you. Hello. Good afternoon. Let's start with Meg. Meg, tell us your role and what you play in tug of war. Um, I'm pulling at number four. So, which I basically do is I keep the height and try um preventing the people in front of me from falling. Okay, that's a very good thing, I guess. Anton, um, <laughs> and your role. I'm actually the president of SA Tug of War, so I basically keep this whole rolling for the benefit of the athletes. Lovely to have somebody like you on board. And Tace, looks, uh, not the former Northern Transvaal flanker, are you? That's uh, not me. Um, yeah, my role is I'm at number five in the Oakdale team. Um, I just try to um, organize the number five. Uh, I'm uh, mostly, mostly in the middle of the team. And so let's go back to tug of war and when it all started here in South Africa. People might not know, but it's been around for a long, long time. Yeah, it's actually been around longer than soccer and rugby. I stumbled on an old diary in which they mentioned that they pulled on the 5th of November in 1836. Tug of war. I would think we are probably the oldest sport in this country. But pretty much more organized here through the 1860s. We've got feedback from 86 of Paul Ruiz Gymnasium down in the Cape that were pulling. Of course, their name were different then. So it's been around for a very, very long time in South Africa. It did go through a bit of a slump, didn't it? Yes, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, about in uh, 2006, we were at a low point and then we realized the impact of the youth started working on the youth and it just grew from there and today we are 131 clubs strong. Meg, let's go back to you. What got you into tug of war? What made you decide to take up the sport? Um, so my brother started before me um, when I was also still in the primary school. So I went to one practice with him and it, just from that point on, I just started loving the sport and it was it became one of my passions. Is it something that's very difficult to get into? I mean, is it something that people will go, ah, oh, tug of war, that's that's just something that we played at camp sometime? Um, some people I've met, when I tell them I do tug of war, they think it's like nothing that hard and stuff. It is very hard practice and it's intense and stuff like that. But as soon as you get into it, you really start to like it and you meet so many new people from the sport. Because every weekend you go out and you compete in a competition. So you meet new people every day or every weekend. So, yeah. And taste yourself, what got you into tug-of-war? Uh, yeah, I'm doing tug-of-war as long as I can remember. My dad is a coach at the school that we're doing it. So I was probably from four or five years old. I did that work and then just go up with it. Have you participated in any other sports as well? Um, yes, I also do um, rugby at our school. 
Anyway. I guess people will think of tug of war where you need to be exceptionally strong and bulky. Is that true? Um, sort of a way it's true, but it's more like um, to to hold out long enough. And you can also have a strong team, but another that is more tactical and hold longer than a strong guy, it will win because you you have to pull four meters and it doesn't. Help you strong, but you can't um, hold the whole four meters. I guess there must be a, a strategy to actually participating in a tug of war event. It's not just go there and pull the rope as hard as you can and hope the other team falls over. Uh, no, no, they have, they have to. That's why you have to practice as a team together. The strategy is for the hard field and a soft field. Um, yeah, because on a hard field, you have to try and win from the start. Because it's slippery if you go to the front and it's hard to turn it around. And on a softer field, a sand field, it's hard to go backward and then you fall. So you have to hang hang the rope until the other team is tired. So Meg, tell us what the different positions of the of the participants are on the rope in their positions and their jobs that they need to do. Okay, so one and two usually brings the rope and they also read what the other team or doing like what they're gonna do next, and then we try to counter that. Three to five stabilizes the rope, keeps height so that the other team or the other people in front and the back don't don't fall to the ground. And then six eight anchors the rope. Okay, so the strongest position, I guess, taste must be the guy that's lost on the rope who would, I guess, put it over his shoulder, around his back, tie it around his waist. Yes, most of the time the eight is the strongest, and he has to have very good um, techniques of pulling at number eight. And, and so let's go back to you now, um, and tell us a little bit about the clubs in South Africa and how they get together and where they have events. We are pretty much active in all nine uh, provinces, um, but then again, yeah, in the middle between Northern Cape Free State, they are actually quite active then again down in the western cape it's basically the most active now the different regions basically in south africa they have their own um, league championships i should go one for back junior leagues they run normally from january through to march in a year it's a summer sport for the for the youth the schools and then the senior season starts from april and it's pretty through to the end of June. And then we start with the elite season. Um, so we are clubs till the end of June, ending in the national club championships. And then we start with regional championships. Then we have Western Province, Northern Cape, Free State, all these different regions. And that builds up to the national championships proper, which is normally here in uh, July or beginning of August. And after that, we establish the national teams and then they go abroad for the world championships, which is normally in September. So that's pretty much how it pans out. So we have the provincial federations looking after the clubs in their provinces or regions. And then we have the national federation responsible for the national level championships. So a difficult question maybe that I'm about to ask. Do you guys get any support from any of the, the sporting federations in, in South Africa, or do you guys have to do this all on your own? 
We do get a stipend, mostly for administrative purposes, from the National Department of Sport. Every year is quite a struggle to get our money out of that. Um, and then basically clubs, everyone else is self-sponsored. I must say in the Western Cape, the Western Cape local government looks after the sport very well, or the regions in their province. Um, yes, uh, so that's basically it. When we go abroad, it's everyone for himself. Luckily, local municipalities, local um, companies, they come to the fore and they assist clubs and athletes in, the, in their environment. So take us to a, do I call it an event? Do I call it a pool? What do I call a, a tug? It's, it's, it's a match and it consists okay. out of two pools. Yes. Okay, so basically you have, let's say you have 10 teams in a specific weight category. We pull in different weight categories. We've got a lightweight, middleweight, and a heavyweight for men. We have similarly for uh, ladies, and then we have the new thing, the co-ed teams, mixed teams of four men and uh, four ladies. So in a specific weight category then, those teams, let's say you have eight uh, teams, those eight teams will all pull against each other. They will have two pools against each other in a round-robin fashion. If you win one pool, it's one point. If you win two pools, it is three points, which is then full, full points for a mark. Uh, one pool each, it's one-one. Then they accumulate after the round-robins, establish the scoreboard, and the top four then will pull off in semifinals. During semifinals, you must have a result. So if there's a 1-1, it will go to a third pool um, to confirm who is, in fact, the winning team. And so it goes through to the gold medal final and then also the bronze medal final eventually. So you, so that constitutes a whole, whole competition. And that can take yes. a whole day, I guess. No, no, no. This We, we work in, in sessions, so we normally have anything between three or five sessions in a day. And uh, our national championships uh, is normally over two days to fit in all these competitions. So on average, a session is about three hours, thereabouts, that you conclude a whole weight category, the quarterfinals through to the semifinals, everything. And then you will start with a different weight category. So you will run the lightweight ladies and the lightweight men together, and then the mixed teams together, and then you would have the heavyweight men and middleweight ladies, for instance. So you will group the weight weight categories. So development and grassroots development is a subject that is bandied about in all sports in South Africa, from cricket to rugby to hockey. Yeah. In terms of what you guys have done, it seems as though your adopt a school project has been extremely successful. Yes, like I mentioned, in 2006, the sport was basically dead and we decided we need to do something. So we we made the clubs realize we got this adopt-the-school program going. And so clubs would go in their environment and will assist, would assist the schools to get the sport going to create sustainability for themselves. So ideally, one would look for a pyramid structure at the end of the day where we have a senior club, would have two high school clubs that you would look at or assist. And beneath each of the high school clubs, you would have uh, primary school clubs that feed into the high schools. And it's been very effective from that start. We've basically, within 16 years, we now have, we've reached the 100 mark. We have 101 schools now. It's the second biggest 
school sport event in South Africa. Or earlier, there were 138 teams, 1,700 athletes from all over South Africa participating at the SA Schools Championships. So a good success story, yes. I'm amazed. Did you say the second largest sport participated at schools? That is correct, yeah, in terms of the number of athletes participating. At the parents and everything to that, it's quite a big event. That's yes. unbelievable. And I, it's because of the fact that it's, perhaps I'm wrong, but I guess all you really need is a, is a rope. Yeah, that's it. The barrier to entry is very low. It's basically a rope. It even gets better at primary school level. They do it barefoot. And then boots are only introduced at high school level, pretty much the same as rugby. And um, yeah, there you are. You've got a sport. Uh, it's a very addictive sport, may I add. Yeah, I guess corporate companies will have tug war competitions in days <laughs> where they try and get their staff to do team building, etc., etc. So I presume it's also played recreationally as well. Yeah, it is recreationally. We've got about 3,000 registered members, but then recreational um, pools or events that we are with and where our people are involved these as officials and to help it run. It's about 5,000 people that attend. I think it's about 40 events annually that we're involved in all over South Africa. Wow. Meg, when did you start Tug of War? Um, I started doing Tug of War end of grade 9. That's when I officially started doing it. I joined with the seniors. I first started then, and then the next year I started doing the juniors. So when I was grade 10. And you, Tace? You're doing um, this... Yeah, as long as I can remember, actually, because I was, my, like I said, my dad was coaching at our school and I got I was able to practice with them. I found that I could have walked, but uh, the time I did um, like competitions for the first time was probably from grade one until now. Oh. And tell us about uh, some of the results that you've had and your competitions that you've been involved in. Yeah, I've won a few um, SA champions. This is schools competition um, in a lot of weight classes, like uh, the junior schools, like uh, 400 kilogram, 440 kilogram, 520 kilogram, and then even um, lower in the barefoot uh, to 30 kilogram, if you want to 25 kilogram. And now I'm competing at the world champions where it's a 560 kilogram. And this year I've won the second time. Where were the world, world Championships held? In Switzerland, in a town named Sersia. And how competitive into of uh, South Africa are we in world rankings? Yeah, and the juniors, we are very competitive. I think it's a lot because um, it is school teams that are practicing together. And it helps if your team is practicing every day together to compete there into the other overseas teams. Anton, is it very expensive for the team to get around to interprovincial events and obviously to go overseas with the exchange rate? It must be extremely difficult. Yeah, especially Switzerland is very expensive. And yes, it is quite costly to get around the country. I just want to get back to Tace. He's being very modest. They actually won the world championships. They represented South Africa. So, uh, and, and they beat the whole world. Switzerland, Netherlands, Chinese Taipei in the finals, so they wiped out the world to get the world championship title. And not only that, they, they won it last year as well. That's very good. Our youth are the best in the world. So it's just to put out there. Well, it's great to know that. And uh, why not shout from the rafters? Just the more people 
know how good we are, the more people, I guess, that will want to participate. The taste was talking about um, weights. Is it a team weight, how it works? Yes, that's correct, yes. Uh, it's a team weight, and it's to level the playing field. Members of the team must con- not exceed a certain number of weight prior to a competition. The individuals will be weighed, and then it's, it's the coach's job to make sure his team does not exceed. So it start the lowest weight is basically the grade white year adults, 200 kilograms. And it works up the heaviest weight for the matrix is basically 600 kilogram. Part of that is to look at what you eat and um, weight management to ensure that you can can weigh in, so, have an effective So team. we can't go in Rugby World Cup, put them around a rope and say, right, boys, trek. I mean, no, it's much more complicated the, than that, eh? Yes, unfortunately not, yes. Tell us about the participation in terms of competitions besides the championship. I know war originally was in the Olympics. Any chance of it getting back in the Olympics? We we are working very hard at it. Um, I think we first need to get back into the Commonwealth. There's a drive to do that. We are part of the World Games Association. We currently are. It is the event where the sevens run before back into the into the Olympics. So, yes, there is work underfoot. It might take another, hopefully, another 10 years or 15 years. But I do believe at some stage we will get back into the Olympics. The sport is really growing. About seven, eight years ago, there were 50 countries in the world. There's now 74 countries in the world. And if you look at it's basically, it encompasses the world. It's the Asian countries, it's African countries, big Africa. It's there, means it's the European, so it's pretty much a good spread from across the world that participate in this sport. And I guess now that you speak about how many countries are getting involved, there needs to be a governing body that has to look after all of this? Yes, there is the Tug of War International Federation. They govern the sport internationally. And yes. the rules in all sections of the sport are the same? That is correct. Yeah. We refer to the TWIF rules. Some countries have a little bit of deviations. Internationally, it's always TWIF rules, and we follow also the TWIF rules here in South Africa. Okay, let's go back to our very humble world champion. Tace, when are you back pulling the rope again? Um, yeah, I'm deciding if I want to pull next year, the seniors, because I'm not the junior anymore this year. So, yeah, um, I'm going to university next year, and hopefully I will try to get um, back pulling at the club and then maybe compete again at the World Championship. Have you chosen a university that has tug-of-war as one of its sports? Um, no, but there is... Um, not universities have uh, tug-of-war as a sport, but there's clubs in the areas that you can go to and then practice at that club. And make yourself tell me when are you going to be back pulling the rope? October, we are starting with our juniors practicing again. So... So then you'll be involved again. Do you, um, when we look forward, uh, is there a calendar? People who are listening, you might want to get involved. You might want to come and watch the sport, perhaps you partake in the sport. Yes, absolutely. We are now in what we call our development season from 1 October, off-season for the seniors. But off-season is not off-season. The people do crossfit, mountain biking, uh, road racing, stuff like that, but just not touching the then uh, this 
the juniors like make refer to it. They have development competitions. Um, start time. There's a big one as part of the Muscle Bay Sports Festival on the 21st of October. There's one on the 14th of October in Bonneville and several other, others across the country. One January, the junior season starts across the country and then accumulating in the SA Junior Championships, which is around about the 16th of March in Kimberley. Then one April, we start with the seniors, the club the competitions, league competitions, basically, running through the SA Club Championships here in June. And thereafter, we go into the regional phase. So that is basically the, the planning going forward for next year. Just coming back to Meg, her team that she participated in is the co-ed team, the mix four boys, four girls. And uh, they happened to get the bronze medal at the World Championships. And that's why I also mentioned that South African youth are there's something to say for Millipop. We are taking <laughs> on the world and really conquering the world in this sport. And I guess uh, our rugby colleagues need to know that long before crouch, touch, pause, engage, you guys had your three commands. Tell us what they are. <laughs> uh, now you're asking me the English commands we normally do yet. In South Africa and Afrikaans, it is yeah, pick fun. up the rope. Yeah. First one, yeah, it's um, take the strain, steady and pull. There you go. So that's basically the ski. Yeah. And don't you believe it? There is uh, 12 transgressions that you can also get. You're not allowed to sit and you're not, not allowed to lock the rope. So there's a lot of skill and a lot of things involved in the sport that's <laughs> that the normal guy in the street and don't know about. As Very far technical. as the officialdom is concerned? One referee, two referees, how does it work? Referees normally in a, a finals, we call them, you have your your main referee or your main judge with two side judges, final round opens, the one center judge who controls the, the match and look for those transgressions. It sounds absolutely fantastic. I must get out there and have a look. Anton Brewer, Meg Brewer, and Pace Lawrence, thank you so much for joining us on From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. You've certainly enlightened us on your sport, and we thank you very much for your participation. Yes, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. I just, uh, we just did something. This is the ideal sport for the netball people or the rugby coaches. Get your guys involved in tug of war and we'll make them fit for you for the rugby season or the netball season or the hockey season. So don't be shy. Lovely stuff. And of course, when you go out, guys, and you have a practice or you go on a team building exercise and you think, oh, that's quite nice. Find a club be involved. That's tonight's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. We've you through the evening. That's tonight's show. Be kind to each other. Until next time. Bye for now.